For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Good. Rebounded by Stevens. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton, chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my! Lamar Stevens, the rookie out of Penn State. No timeouts left for the Hawks. Trey Young. And it's over. Lamar Stevens with the game winner. The flush with four seconds remaining, and the Cavaliers take out the Hawks by the final of 112-111. It's over. It is finally over. Ten-game losing streak snapped. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. But for real, ten-game losing streak over. Damn, it feels good to say that. We got to win, finally. Albeit against the Atlanta Hawks, who are really on the Cavaliers' level at this point in time, but... Damn it, it feels good. We got to win. On to the next one. We got a matchup tonight against the Houston Rockets. But before we move forward to that, let's just talk about last night's game. There was a lot of bright spots last night. Yes, it was a win. That, that comes before everything. But statistically speaking, and just from a development standpoint, man, it was really a good sight last night. From all the criticism that Darius Garland and Colin Sexton has been uh, have been facing during this losing streak and really during this season, it was good to see them go out there and put a lot of those statements and uh, <laughs> just really flat out blatant criticism of them to bed. Colin finished last night, I believe, with 29 points and five assists on three of five from deep. And Darius Garland, he wasn't much worse, really. I mean, 17 points, eight assists. You can't ask for anything more than that in a win from a young player, young guard like himself. Coming into this season, Darius Garland had really only played, I would really just, I'm not going to hesitate to say, half of a half a season in the NBA in five games in college. So hard really to put a lot of criticism on the guy. He's got to put some weight on. He's got to put some muscle on. Yeah, we know that. But he hasn't really had a lot of play time. And I think we play in an era, well, we live in an era now where guys, you know, they're coming in and we're expecting them to just, explode right out of the gate we're expecting them to live up to all that potential all that hype all that uh, the draft positioning where they were drafted at from the get-go and I don't know you know we're in this culture now where everything has to be expedited everything has to be just very quickly developing no it doesn't always have to be like that and it it doesn't always go like that rarely it, it ever goes like that with NBA guys rarely a guy comes in and dominates from 
day one. It just doesn't happen that often. So when you look at Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, you're, you can't put all that on them, especially in a town like Cleveland where we're not really a, 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 a free agency destination. Nobody's coming, so we have to develop from within. So, you know, last night's game in particular, we had a matchup against, uh, you know, former All-Star Trey Young, who didn't make it this season for good reason, if you're asking me, but that's just my opinion. But Trey Young can light up the stat sheet any given night. You know, it's, it's, he gets some questionable calls. I will say that. I'm not going to be afraid to come on record and say that he gets some of the most questionable calls in the NBA on this side of James Harden. But nonetheless, he's still an all-star caliber player, no matter how you feel about him, and he brung that last night. So those two... They had the unenviable task of playing against that guy. Don't get me wrong. Isaac Okoro faced off defensively for a good majority of the game. And for good reason, Isaac is easily and by far the team's best defender at this point in time. You know, you could really throw Jared Allen up there too, I guess. But on the perimeter, he is number one. And that's why he was drafted at five over the likes of Obi Toppin and others. So, what does this mean? What does this win mean for the Cavs? At this point in time, absolutely nothing other than the fact that it gets a much-needed morale boost to the Cavaliers and a, a taste of winning, finally, for these young rookies. Speaking of the rookies, Dean Wade earned... Well, Dean Wade is no longer a rookie, but he's still a young player. Dean Wade earned his first start of the season over mm, Jerry Osman, maybe. I don't know what they were planning on doing at that point. You know, we've really been going small because we've been forced to for lack of a better lineup. But he drew the start last night. Only had five points, but he also chipped in with two timely blocks. Very good one on uh, Trey Young. So really, really only played 20 minutes last night, too. So really hard to make up, you know, how, how he's going to play moving forward against starters. More interesting, though, Dylan Windler off the bench, 15 points, 5 of 5 from deep. That is what Cleveland drafted him to do. That is what they saw, what they envisioned when they took him out of Belmont before the injuries. You know, even this season, before the hand injury, you could see it coming. You just He's just trying to figure out his game. He's trying to figure out how he can contribute in the NBA, trying to figure out where his shots are going to come from. And last night was it. Again, it's just the Hawks, you know, not one of the NBA's heavyweights, but it was still really good to see him go out there and just be on fire. He was on, and let's, let's not over, you know, understate this. He was on fire from three last night. Next, Jared Allen. I mean, another double-double, 13 points, 14 rebounds. And guess what, guys? This He even stepped out and hit a three last night. Is that a prediction to come of what to come in the future? No, I don't think so. But if he can add the three ball to his game, man, he would be even worth even more than he already is. So there, I, there's no question, no doubt in my mind now that Jared Allen is the centerpiece at that uh, <laughs> uh, center position. No, no pun intended. So I think that when you have the opportunity to max him out, you have to. I've seen some people saying that now he's not quite worth a max because he's not a perimeter shooter. He can't hit the three ball. 
but he does what he does well enough, in my opinion, to warrant a max contract, especially if you're going to get rid of a guy like Andre Drummond for him. Because let's not kid ourselves. You know, I keep saying this, said in previous episodes, Andre Drummond before the Jared Allen trade was playing very well. His morale was high. He was buying in. And his play didn't drop off until really after that trade when he saw the writing on the wall. And you can't really blame him, you know, for for really losing focus because they just went out and traded for his replacement. Cleveland made it very, very clear, crystal clear, really, that Jared Allen was in the long-term plans and Drummond wasn't. So if you're going to make a, a decision like that and make a move like that and get rid of a player the caliber of Andre Drummond, then you really, in my opinion, you have to max out his uh, successor and Jared Allen. So to me, no question. He's been nothing but excellent since he's been put into the starting lineup. And he's really developed a lot of good chemistry with Cleveland's young guards, Darius Garland in particular. So I can't let any more time go by without talking about the hero of last night's win, and that is Lamar Stevens himself. Heading into last night's game, Lamar Stevens was only averaging four and a half points and two point seven rebounds. He pretty much doubled that last night from a scoring standpoint. But what I want to let you guys know is that it's not necessarily the statistical output that really shines through when you're talking about Lamar Stevens game because on the offensive side of things, he still remains rather unpolished. He did attempt a three last night, didn't make it, but he also went four or five on his attempts. Lamar Stevens it's just a big old ball of energy, guys. He provides much-needed uh, much juice to the lineup when others don't. So here's my proposition, and I've, I've said this on Twitter a couple of times now, and that is that Lamar Stevens has earned the starting power forward job until one of Larry Nance Jr., Torian Prince, or Kevin Love is healthy. He should just be starting right now. No offense to Dean Wade. Nothing against Dylan Windler or Jody, uh, Jetty Osmond. I just think that Lamar Stevens might be the best option at this point. And let's be honest here. If you move Osmond to the bench like he was last night in a smaller, you know, reserve role like he really is more suited for, he can be rather effective. He had 11 points, two rebounds, three assists. And he even hit three threes last night. That's really an area where Jetty has struggled at is that, you know, from beyond the arc. He played 20 minutes last night. And to me, you can probably stretch him out to maybe 24 to 26 minutes a game and still get some effectiveness out of him. But I think Jetty is really suited to be in a reserve or even super reserve role at this point. I think Lamar Stevens, you inject him into the starting lineup and you really could put a lot of energy and a lot of heart and hustle, a lot of defense from that power forward position until one of those three guys I mentioned comes back. I don't think you can really question that at this point with the lack of depth that we have. And when Torian Prince comes back, we'll really have to see what the best role is for him. But for now, Lamar Stevens has earned that starting spot not because of the game-winning dunk last night because if we really break that play down it wasn't necessarily because Lamar Stevens 
is just that capable of getting open. No, I'm not going to, you know, be that misled and that deceived into thinking that just off of one dunk. But I will say this. Colin Sexton didn't make the usual play that he has consistently shown throughout his young and short career. He was double teamed. He didn't look for the shot. He passed it out, found a wide open cutting Lamar Stevens for the game winning dunk. And that's how it went. They doubled Sexton. Sexton found Lamar. Lamar won the game. So what you're looking for from this guy is not going to necessarily be from the offensive standpoint. That's why you have DG. That's why you have Sexton. That's why you have Allen down in the post. You can, you know, really put some points on the board. So you're not looking from that out of them. But the real problem that I think a lot of fans would have with that is that Okoro at that other forward position is not necessarily being counted on for points either. He's being relied upon heavily for defense. And he usually takes the opposing team's best opposing wing, best opposing score. So if you have both those guys in the lineup, you're really not going to get a lot of scoring from the forward position. Now, what I do like is that Isaac has really upped his three-point attempts. He only took two last night, so I guess it's not a perfect example, but he's really upped his three-point attempts within the last four games. I think he's taken now 19 threes and hit, I think, eight of them. So he's he, I like that development. I think that drafting him at number five to count on him for defense really – speaks volumes of what they thought of him throughout the evaluation and draft process. I think they really saw the potential in what he could be. And to me, his ceiling, seeing his unpolished offensive, is is a high-end 3 and D wing. I think if you can hit the three-point shot on a consistent basis, there he is. Do I think Isaac Okoro is going to be a superstar? or even a star at this point? No, not based off of what I've seen, but what I do think is he has all defensive caliber potential, and I do think that he can be a 3 and D wing, a premier, and there's nothing wrong with that. This team has missed that really since maybe J.R. Smith's second year in Cleveland when we won the chip. So I just don't think from this standpoint you're really going to be able to project him out to be that much more but back to the topic on hand Lamar Stevens eight points four rebounds two assists two really big steals and a huge game-winning dunk he was the hero of last night you saw everybody on the team just joyous I think Kevin Love and Larry Nance Jr. were the two first guys to greet him after that dunk and they really just celebrated all the way to the tunnel And that was much deserved. I mean, 10 games, I can't imagine what that was like. And I think it had been the first 10-game losing straight that Cleveland had been on since the 11-12 season. Or even 10-11 season. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But the point is, they deserve to be happy about last night's win. They worked hard for it. They played together for the first time. (laughs) I don't know how long. It just... You know, it's just really seemed like there's been a dark shadow over this team since the whole Andre Drummond demotion. And speaking of Andre Drummond, uh, kicking off next topic, I know you guys have seen this. Christoph Strzingis 
he's on the trade market. It looks like they're taking offers for him uh, behind closed doors. So it really just remains to be seen what their asking price is. But, you know, one has to think if they're if they're thinking he's a defensive liability and they can do without his offense and they really need defense. That's where Andre Drummond would fit in perfectly. Now, I'm not saying that they should settle for a straight-up one-for-one swap, but it would be nice. You could really kill, you know, solve both problems for both teams. You don't necessarily need backline defense out of KP uh, when you have Jared Allen. What we really need from that other forward position is scoring, and we just talked about Lamar Stevens, but you insert a guy like KP into the lineup, Oh, man, you're going to do damage. And I know since, you know, the injury that he had suffered in the uh, bubble has really brought his game down. But let's not kid ourselves here. KP is still one hell of of an offensive player. He can still put up points. He can still block shots. He's just not the greatest defender at this point in his career. I think as time goes on and he gets healthier and he's able to uh, get into a lineup that is more suited to his strengths i think that he can really shine bright like he had at the start of his career i think he could do that in cleveland with guards like darius and sexton a very good defender in okoro and a very very good center in jared allen i think you put that lineup together this this team is a playoff team mind you i think if this team had larry nance jr right now we'd still be a playoff contender so make the trade, one for one, KP for Drummond, and I think you really solve both teams' issues. Again, I just don't know what their asking price is, and I've seen a lot of people say, well, man, the Mavs would be crazy to do this trade. Well, really, would they? They get up off the contract. They get a good defender, a good rebounder, in return, and as I've also said, before Drummond found out about the Jared Allen trade, he was buying in. He never really wanted to leave Cleveland. He chose to keep his player option when he could have signed elsewhere. Now, again, I know there are monetary implications for doing so, but he could have went elsewhere. He could have chased a championship. He could have took a lesser of a deal to play elsewhere. But no, he decided to stay put in Cleveland because I think he saw the direction that the team was heading in. So you can't blame the guy for losing focus. But if you put him with Luka, you put him in a situation where, you know, okay, this team wants me. I think you're going to get the player that you saw at the beginning of the season. And had Cleveland not traded for Jared Allen, I think we'd still have that version of Drummond right now. Not saying that it was the wrong decision to make. I'm just... You know, for comparison's sake, I just think that that's the Drummond that the the Mavericks would be getting back in return if they decided to pull the trigger on that trade. Do I think it's likely? Nah, but it would be great for Cleveland. It would be great for Mavs. So I think both teams will win out in that regard. Moving on. Okay. Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Nikola Vucevic. What do those names have in common, you ask? Well, they have been confirmed as the all-star reserves for the East. What name is missing from that bunch? Hmm, I wonder. 
Could it be a guard who's averaging 23.1 points? Could it be a guard who just destroyed Brooklyn this season? Could be. Well, if it's not already obvious, I'm referring to Colin Sexton. No, Colin didn't make the All-Star game this season. But Cavs fans, take notice. Look at his first year, second year, and third year numbers. He's improved drastically each and every season since he's come in. First year, 16.7 points per game. Second year, 20.8 points. This year, so far, 23.1. That's a jump off of about three points each season. And when these All-Star ballots first came out, he was averaging more than that. So to say that he won't quite live up to the All-Star billing eventually would be crazy. To say that he's not a starter is crazy. To say he should be a super six-man or if he wasn't in Cleveland, he wouldn't start, that's crazy. Please just give this man his respect. We live, like I said earlier in the episode, we live in this era where... There's just instant gratification. If you don't come out of the gate just explosive and you're not dominating right away, people tend to write you off as a bust or to think that you're not living up to your draft height. Just ridiculous to me. Now, I'm going to go ahead and make this comment. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of detractors, a lot of people that are going to say, dude, you're crazy. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it anyway. If Colin Sexton, with his averages, played for the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, or even the Boston Celtics, he'd be an all-star right now. No doubt about it. It's just insane to me the level of criticism that this man has gotten since he's come into the league. And like I said, he's been improving drastically each and every season. So don't tell me, no, he's not a starter, because he clearly is. He's the heart and soul of the team at this point in time. They rely on him for so much. They expect so much of him. They want him to score. They want him to facilitate. They want him to lead. They want him to get other guys involved. On a night-to-night basis, he does everything he can. He gives it his all. His defense has actually improved. And it's on the come-up. The team is. Before the Larry Nance injury, before the idea of Kevin Love being out for most of the season, before Matthew Delvadova was able to take one step on the court this year, there was just so much excitement surrounding this team. It The injuries really just have done them in. And to put all that on Colin Sexton, to me, would just be ludicrous. It would be crazy. He's all-star caliber. He should have made the roster this season, and he didn't because there's just a bunch of players ahead of him. Now, one thing that uh, just can't go understated here is how difficult it is for a guard to overtake another guard on the roster at some of the more established guards on there. And I know we had some first-timers this season in uh, Jalen Brown and Zach Levine. But by and large, he's competing with guys who are very hard to overthrow. He wasn't going to take James Harden out. He surely wasn't going to take Ben Simmons off or Kyrie Irving or Bradley Beal. There's just no 
it's a very hard thing to do. And if it was, then guys like Mike Conley would have already made an all-star roster when he surely deserved it. He's never made the all-star team, and there have been many years that he's deserved to at least be a reserve, which has led to many uh, many people calling him the best player to never be called an all-star. So there you have it right there. I mean, the guy's in his third season. He's putting up very good numbers. He's managed to improve every single season he's been in the league. What more can you ask of the guy? He plays for Cleveland, which is a small market club. Just not a very good chance of him making it this season. It looked bright. It looked like he could have made it. He climbed as high as seventh this year in the standings, but maybe next year. The more important thing, though, is not necessarily the all-star game but actually making the playoffs. And I think Collins definitely focused on that. He's said as much. You know, he's not focused on making the all-star team. He's focused on winning games. Speaking of games, let's talk about the Houston-Cleveland game we have tonight. We'll see if we can keep the winning streak going. <laughs> uh, so no P.J. Tucker, I don't think. No Victor Aladipo. Obviously no Christian Wood. No Dante Exum for them. For us, no Kevin Love. Obviously, no Drummond, no Nance, no Della Vadova, no Prince. So we're probably going to be walking into this game with the same lineup that we had last night. We'll see if JB maybe swaps out Lamar Stevens for Dean Wade. Hint, hint. I hope so. But nonetheless, if he doesn't, we'll probably walk in with the same type of roster construction that we did last night. And if we play like we did last night, you know, I'm really hoping we can pull out the W. Now, Houston does have some pretty good players still, even with all the players that they're missing. John Wall is not a slouch. He can still be very impactful, and he's looking really good coming off of his injury. And since being traded to Houston, he's played with, you know, a passion, a fire, really, honestly. Uh, one player that I don't think people, enough people are talking about this season is uh, Jay Sean Tate, the rookie out of Ohio State who went undrafted in 2018. Now, he might be the oldest rookie of the bunch this season at 25, I believe, but he is playing, obviously, in his first season in the NBA, and he's playing like a veteran at moments. You know, his averages aren't going to wow you by any means. He's only averaging 9.9 points, 5.2 rebounds, but the way he impacts the game goes beyond stats. He's one of those Draymond Green-esque guys who, you know, his stats don't really do his actual impact on the court justice. He's out there really as a point forward, if you're asking me. And that's kind of the same role that he played at Ohio State. He's undersized, but man, he plays bigger than he really is, and he really has a high basketball IQ. So, more people need to be talking about this guy for potential um, first-team all-rookie honors. You know, beyond that, you know, they just sat DeMarcus. Well, they just released DeMarcus Cousins. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen with, with him at this point. And that's really a tragic story in regards to his, you know, monetary situation. He's lost out on a lot of money due to injuries, has Cousins. Uh, but that's a whole other topic for a different day. Houston still has pretty decent roster. Daniel House, who is one, one of the brighter players that they had down in the bubble till his uh, <laughs> suspension and removal from it, still have Eric Gordon, you know, 
uh, former sixth man of the year, David Nwaba. Oh, man, I wish we still had David Nwaba. He really has uh, matured, really, I think. And he's starting to shoot better, starting to find his groove from beyond the arc. He's not going to, he's another one of those guys who's not going to wow you with his statistical outputs, but he plays very big for his size and he can guard one position one through four. Beyond that, they really don't have too much. So I think this is another game that should be on Cleveland's level at this point. Uh, Houston is 11 and 18. They've had a few games postponed. Same as the Cavaliers. Um, 11 wins, albeit three more losses, but what the hell, it doesn't matter. Still a winnable contest, and hopefully we can carry over our uh, our recent winning ways into this game. You know, 7.30 p.m., I'll be right there tuned in. I know you guys will be too, but, uh, man, I just I hope the good times keep coming. But I'm just going to remind you all, even if they don't, just – understand that we are heading in the right direction we're getting development and if we don't end up winning a whole bunch of games this season that's not necessarily a bad thing I mean you have to understand that we lost a ton of guys who we were really going to rely on coming into the season we thought Kevin Love was going to be healthy we thought Larry Nance was going to remain healthy we thought Andre German was going to be the answer we thought we had a real backup point guard in Matthew Dellavedova. Dante Exum had been playing very well until he got shipped out. So there are different – I'm not saying that the record right now is completely indicative of how we've played. I'm just going to go ahead – I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying it's it really is explainable. So, you know, make it and, and look at it how you want to, but – we're, we're heading in the right direction. If we don't, hey, Kate Cunningham's right there. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out today's episode. As always, you guys know you can hit me up on Twitter at it's, uh, it's Cavalier underscore pod. And uh, have a good day.